Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Peter Dumas of Picture This Antiques. Peter was on the podcast uh, a while ago now, and he specializes in selling cameras. But I'm going to have him tell you a little bit more about what he does. And then I have some questions for you, Peter, about snapshot and snapshot cameras. Okay, great. Maureen, glad to be on this. Yeah, so I'm with Picture This Antiques. We've been in business for about uh, seven years. I only started selling cameras a little over four years ago. We originally specialized in print advertising and ephemera. And I picked up a couple of cameras at a fair one summer and sold them immediately and kind of became intrigued with them. And uh, before you know it, we were buying and selling cameras constantly. And we are about to sell, this quarter we'll sell our 600th camera since we started about four years ago. So I sell both vintage and the antique cameras and kind of varies with who wants them. And it's just been a blast. I enjoy I enjoy the camera technology. I enjoy the, the way they look. And I've enjoyed the people who have bought them. I, I own maybe 10 that I've bought from you over the last few years. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some cameras that you have for sale that I just can't turn down. They're just too cool. The last one I bought from you is the 1898 glass plate amateur camera. It's a great one. Yeah, yeah it's a great with, one. Yeah, it came with a tripod. It's, That's sort of my favorites now. I kind of, from a personal collection standpoint, which it's, I don't have a big collection, but I do like those plate cameras, like the woodwork and the, the look and the design. It just, uh, as a display piece, they're they're phenomenal. So let's talk about snapshot cameras. Okay. All right. People have a lot of questions about snapshots and snapshot cameras. So the first snapshot cameras are what, 1888? Yeah, about that. Yeah. And and as the turn of the century, they became more popular with Kodak coming out with the brownies 
which is sort of, I mean, Kodak had a great philosophy. I mean, they were the razor blade model, right? The cameras were relatively cheap. They were the only game in town at the time for uh, film. So they made their big dollars in film and they wanted everybody to have a camera and to take snapshots. And, and they advertised toward that. Uh, and they made the Brownie to be a inexpensive camera that anyone could use. And it worked. It did work. I read that they sold those for a dollar a piece and that in the first year they sold 250,000 of them. Yes. They, it was phenomenal. Now, as time went on, ultimately that model ended up being their demise, if you will, because they were so hung up on the film as a significant revenue stream that when they came up with digital technology, um, they kind of put that on the shelf because they didn't want to hurt the film end of the business. And, and we know what happened then. Yeah. Um, well, that was the, the Polaroid model as well. Offer the cameras pretty cheaply. The film cost a fortune. But if you yeah. had the camera, you needed the film. Right. That's exactly right. And, you know, from, from my sales, we sell, we do sell Polaroids. I mean, I'm probably 70% of what I sell at Kodaks, I think, because we sell them as decorative. So the look and feel of a Kodak, this has a lot of style and nostalgic look. But we do sell Polaroids. And what's ironic now is that people who buy Polaroids from, Polaroids from me want them to work. They want to actually use them now that you can get film again, as opposed to Kodaks. I have collectors who want them to work, the Kodaks, but most people just want to put them on a shelf. So when we think about Kodak cameras, amateur cameras, we're talking about the Brownie, but there were a lot of competitors for the Brownie mm -hmm. as well. Yep, there were. I mean, August Afka was a German company. There were a lot of very inexpensive and I would almost call them cheap cameras that came out in the mid to late 40s and early 50s, somewhat on the industry called the Chicago cameras. They came from a number of companies that were all in the same building in Chicago. And those they're these small plastic, cheap looking cameras. And they were, again, designed to go after the Kodak market. They were a lot cheaper than Kodak. The quality was far inferior, but they did find an audience. And so those are out there and they have a unique look to themselves as well. Now, when they competed with Kodak, did they take the same size film? No, they didn't. They went to a different size, a smaller size. So that was sort of their, I think part of their game plan was to get into that film as well. But most of those companies really just pushed the cameras. They made all their margins on the cameras. And I still get them. In fact, I picked one up from a collector in Jan in December, and it still had film in it, which and it's a tiny little roll of film. I, I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to develop it because I don't know if it's already been exposed. And yeah, we, yeah we'll, we'll try and see what's I'll, there. I'll, I, I, it might be interesting or it might be just a picture of a house. Well, there's some people on TikTok. There's a, the Expired Film Club and the Museum of Lost Memories, and they do that. They actually the Expired Film Club, I think, takes pictures with historical cameras or they use old film that they found and they take pictures. And then the Museum of Lost Memories, like they will develop the, the film and then show the pictures. And I had some old film that I took and got developed last summer and the pictures are terrible. I mean, you know, 
they're <laughs> they're old, so they didn't come out too well. But these people seem to have remarkable luck getting like nineteen mm-hmm. forties and fifties and sixties film developed that oh, looks pretty good. That's interesting. Let's let's talk a little bit about other types of snapshot cameras. My personal not favorite is the disc film camera. Right. So I I don't have any of those. I, that's sort of the newer, I mean, that wasn't a popular camera anyways. I mean, it, it just, it was a different technology that Kodak used. And that was post, you know, the whole issue with Kodak coming up with the instant camera. If you recall, Prior to that, they came up with basically a competitive camera to the Polaroid. And it, of course, turned out that they had actually stolen the Polaroid technology. Polaroid won a effectively a billion-dollar lawsuit to stop production of that camera and to collect against Kodak. So Kodak needed another kind of new technology, and they did go to that disc camera. I may have come across one over the last couple of years. As a collectible, it's not really very popular because yeah. it doesn't really look like anything. And, you know, it's just not the kind of camera. It wasn't popular, I think, even during that period. It was just a, sort of a fad kind of camera. Well, the picture quality was horrible. Yeah. And so, I mean, Kodak's in the business of selling cameras so they can sell film. And we had the box cameras. We had, I think I bought from you an autographic camera Yep, with the stylus so you right. could write what, on the back. One of the really most amazing pieces of technology in, in, to me in the camera industry history. I mean, no one else did that but Kodak. And Kodak didn't do it for a long time either. Usually from the uh, mid-19, like 1914, 1915 through maybe the 20s. Mid-20s, I think what killed it was people didn't really like to have writing on their pictures. I mean, it seemed like a neat idea at the time where you could date or put the location or the person. But in in practice, I think people became annoyed with the fact that there was writing on their photo. And and the camera is metal. Right. That's right. Cardboard. It's it's, it's, it's heavy. It's metal. Yep. Yeah. And then I think I also bought from you... it's called a bullet camera. Ah, yes. So I, I can't recall. Did you buy the one? Yes, you bought the one with the screw-out lens. Yes. Yeah, so that was the first camera that Kodak produced that had a screw-out lens. They only produced one other one called the Duex, which is actually one of my favorites. It, it just looks, I like the look of it is all I, but the, the one that you bought, Kodak actually commissioned an, Ital- an Italian designer to create that look and feel and sort of retro look and the style. And it was one of their first modeled cameras. And it's really a neat camera. I sold a fair amount of those when I can get them because they just look so. Oh, I really, I really love it. It's a great addition to my small collection. Did any of these cameras use the same film or did you have to use a different size film for every camera? You had to use a different size for each of the different models. And what's interesting now is when I get photographers who buy cameras and can't get film now and they want to use the camera, I think I mentioned to you this before, they can cut existing film to size in a dark room and make it work in some of these models. 
So not having the camera, the film, exact film available today doesn't diminish the fact that people can still use these old cameras. It just takes a lot more work and you obviously need to know what you're doing. That's amazing. I didn't know that. So when you're out there going to auctions and flea markets and yard sales, what is the most common camera that you're likely to see? A lot of the box cameras, a lot of the brownie boxes from the 20s and 30s that have the the Yacht Deco design in the front. Those are very popular. And the brownie flash camera, which was popular from the late 40s into the early 60s. It's the prototype kind of Bakelite uh, camera with a big flash unit. I don't know how many times people have said, oh, my grandmother had that, or my father had that, or I had that. And, and people tend to, when you're throwing away cameras from estate sales, that's usually always in there because they were so popular that virtually everyone had one. And I see those. So it's those are easy to find. Also, the 50s, the Kodak, Duraflex, the old dual lens flash cameras. And then as you got into the late 50s, sort of the starburst kind of cameras, the the cheaper flash cameras that they had, uh, those uh, I see a lot of. And and they're not expensive to get. They have some real neat style to them. Um, I obviously look for some of the more unique cameras now. I mean, I've got a lot of all those models, but I'm always looking for that model that's different that you never, you don't usually see and those become- And what would that be? What I mean, it's sort of, if, if you think about the history of cameras, what's the one camera that, you, you, that you're hunting for that you may have never seen? Well, it, it's actually, I was looking for one today and I can't find one. I purchased a camera made by the Dover Manufacturing Company in Dover, New Hampshire, I was made in the 40s. They weren't around very long, but they made this incredibly unique flash camera that had a sliding filter lens in the front. It had a it was a it was a metallic design and it was I had picked one up from a camera dealer in New Hampshire about a year ago. I was enthralled with it and immediately one of my I put it on Instagram and one of my customers who is an avid camera collector immediately said, I have to have that. Uh, And he bought it right on the spot. He had never seen one before. I had never seen one before. I haven't seen one since. You never see them come up online. So that's what I'm always looking for. And then there's Kodak made a series of um, cameras in the 50s. They were folding pocket cameras, smaller to midsize. And they made them in a color, in different colors. And so I kind of like the way they look and trying to find the blue one, which is one of the rarer ones, is another one that I always look for. And I, I kind of buy those for my own collection. I, I'm um, looking for a blue one. Yeah, they're hard to find. They're really hard a, to find. I have a red box camera. I have a yep. folding brown one. I have a folding yep. sort of, it's like green. I'm not sure. Green, yeah. Blue. Yep. Yeah. But I'm looking for the blue as well. So keep that in mind when you're out there. Anything that you have found unusual that you didn't expect to find when you're out there looking for cameras? Well, there's some that I really like the history behind the camera. So every time I get a different model, I actually do the research and try to figure out what it is that I have so that if I'm selling it, I can at least explain to someone because I like the history behind the cameras. And I came across 
a uh, Polaroid Big Shot camera, which is when I first saw it in a store, I thought it was a toy. It's a very long plastic camera with the uh, film pack on the back. And I just, I'd never seen one before. I picked it up, did the research, discovered that it was the camera of choice for a couple of famous photographers because it was used almost exclusively as a portrait camera. So they would take portraits and use it. It didn't have a focus lens. So you to focus it, you either had to move closer or further away from the subject. So that was something I'd never seen and it just was kind of an unusual unit. What's the earliest camera you've ever found? Uh, one of the, almost the one you bought, a plate camera from the late 1800s. I still have a box camera that I haven't sold yet from like 18, the best date I can get is between 1885 and 1890. I mean, it's not in terribly good condition and it's, it's basically just a box. It's not really terribly attractive. The plate cameras that I have in my collection are all late 1800s, early 1900s, and they look a lot better. They have the red bellows and the, the woodwork, the mahogany finish. It just, they look fantastic. I found one. I mean, I tell people, people ask me, where do I get cameras? And you know, I get them at estate sales and yard sales and online everywhere. Sometimes you never know when you're going to get one. I bought a box of film plates from plate cameras to use as frames on an online auction. And when I got the box, there was another box in there and it was hard to open up. I broke it open and inside of it was a plate camera. And the people who sold it to me didn't really, they thought it was just a box that they were just giving me. And it was a plate camera that I was able to extract. And when I opened it carefully, the bellows are in good shape. It probably hadn't been opened in 50 to 60 years. And it looked beautiful. So you always kind of look for those type of things. Yeah, I mean, I bought at an ephemera show a postcard camera. Oh, yes, I've seen those. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was actually rather unusual. And I had to have it because it's a great example. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, what about a stereographic camera? That's on my list to buy this year. I really do want them. I don't have any of those there. Not, Not so much hard to find. They're just on the high end of the price range. But they're fantastic because one of the things I sell 3D, I do a lot of view masters and vintage old view masters. And so to get the cameras that can create that kind of imagery is would be pretty neat as a collectible. And just to revisit this, because I should have asked you this in the beginning, you didn't really know a whole lot about cameras when you started. I did not. In fact, the only camera we had other than the family camera that we used to take you know, pictures, modern camera. I kept my uh, old uh, childhood camera, which was a uh, Kodak Fun Flash from the 60s. And I, again, I I had gone to uh, the Brimfield Fair, picked up a couple of old folding cameras because I was intrigued by how they looked. And when they sold, when I put them out for sale and they sold right away, I realized, gee, this is kind of an interesting thing. I started picking out some more. And again, because I'm a history buff, I started doing a history of them and kind of finding out the background of them and got very fascinated by that piece of it. And one thing I've learned is camera collecting is extremely addictive. And so once I started trying to collect and buy for, for the antiques, I just I couldn't stop. And as I mentioned, I I've sold almost 600 cameras. My wife is quick to point out that means I've had to buy 
at least 600 cameras over that time frame, and and that's true. And we still have over 100 cameras in stock uh, right now. Well, the best and, place to see what you have in inventory, if anyone's interested, is Instagram. That's where I follow you, and that's right, I, that's primarily where I found the cameras that you've put out there for sale. And I see them and say, "Oh, wait, wait, wait! I want that one." Yep, yep. I find that I sell a lot online, but if people see something on Instagram and they message me, and if they're interested, I, I do. I obviously will sell. And once a year, or no, twice a year, I have a big photography, vintage photography sale where. I try to get up basically everything I have and have that for sale uh, in the two stores that I'm in, in Grafton, Mass, left the Common Antiques and in Wayside Antiques in West Boylston, as so, well as my own store. So if someone has some cameras in the family that they'd like to get rid of, are you actively buying? Should they contact Absolutely. you? They can message me through uh, my Instagram account. They could uh, email me through my, if you go on my website, picturethisantiques.com. I have an email address. They can email me. That's been, I've gotten some, I've gotten a number of great cameras that way. I found that a number of collectors want to just kind of unload a piece of their collection and are willing to sell them at a reasonable price. And I will come to their location. I will give them a fair price. Some people I do caution about when they're trying to unload the cameras that their grandparents had just make sure you do want to sell them. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to take a family heirloom away. Maybe make sure there's no film in it. And make sure there's no film in it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Peter, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for being on the Photo Detective. My pleasure. I'll be watching your Instagram. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, bye, Maureen. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.